listening to Vet Candy. Hi, I'm Caitlin Palmer. Thanks for joining me today. This is the Desk Winch Confessions. Let me tell you a little bit about myself. I'm Caitlin Palmer, a.k.a. the Desk Winch. A desk winch is a profession very similar to a veterinary receptionist, only better. We deal with not only fractious felines and cranky canines, oh no. We overcome their human equivalents as well, Karen and Chad. On my show, we validate vets and support staff and any of you other amazing, beautiful folks listening. Now, let me introduce today's guest. I am so excited to introduce Jade Velasquez. Jade is an LVT and practice manager who works at a general practice in Gig Harbor, Washington. She's been the president and president-elect and past president of WSAVT. She has also sat on the NAVTA membership and PR committees. She uses her writing and speaking to reach veterinary professionals with her unique view of vet med. In 2014, she created a Facebook group that I'm a part of, Veterinary Support Staff Unleashed, to boost positivity and create a dialogue to inspire open communication in the field. She's also contributed to the NAVTA journal and guest author at DrAndyRourke.com, kind of a big deal, who has used her writing to generate some of the most viewed and well-received articles on their website. She enjoys reading, writing, horror movies, music, and hanging out with her 15-year-old son, Basenji, and her CH kitten and a Siamese cat. Jade, welcome. Thank you for coming on my show. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. You're part of a lot of letters. There's a lot of letters in the things you do. There's a lot of letters. Um, Vet Med loves its letters. Yeah, it's all about the letters. Really big part of tech associations and being involved in what's going on on the national level is just really important to kind of stay involved. Sure. Sure. So did you, you started as a tech and then became a manager or how did that come to be? Yeah. So, I mean, my roots are I've been doing this for way more many moons than I can count. Um, But I did start off as a kennel assistant and kind of moved my way up to assistant, decided to get my um, tech license and um, made that happen. And then I've been a practice manager for four years now. So yeah, super exciting. (laughs) That is super exciting. So all at the same clinic or have you kind of bounced around or? Oh, I I was a bounce around girl um, for sure. It was definitely a challenge to kind of find my place in vet med. I've loved all the clinics I've worked at. They've all taught me something, but I definitely am just thrilled that I found like my unicorn clinic. It's the clinic I want to be a part of and I love the people there. It's awesome to find your home. It is. I I remember the first time I read about a unicorn clinic, I was like, man, that sounds amazing. And then I was subconsciously, because at my, my first or in my only other vet job towards the end, I was so miserable. And I would always doodle unicorns. Like when I was stressed, that was just my coping mechanism is I would draw unicorns. And now I'm at a place where it's, it's like you said, it's my unicorn clinic. I'm happy to be here. I want to do a good job. And it makes all the difference in the world. Oh, totally. Absolutely. 
The group, especially veterinary support staff unleashed, it's so validating because I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the problem. (laughs) You know that meme? It's like, am I the drama? It's everybody. It's across the board. Everybody feels that way sometimes. Yeah. And that's the biggest reason that I started the group is because early, you know, throughout my career and as a vet tech, I'm not at, you know, you get walled off in your little bubble of your clinic and you start to feel like you're kind of alone. Reaching out to other people through there, everybody like experiences, you know, the hard times, the good times, the stressors, um, all that. So it just really helps people feel a little less alone in the insanity. Right? (laughs) Yes, it's true. It's awesome to me that there's people in the UK that feel the exact same way that I did. There's people in Australia that are going through the same, same exact stuff. You know, it's a lot of the ones I see, and I know you see too because it's your group, but it's, you know, a lot of people, there seems to be like a dissociation between the front, so like the receptionists in the back and, you know, the technicians and, you know, there's like that rift there and then there's catty coworkers, mean clients, we're busier than ever, getting cussed out on the phone. It's insane. Yeah, it is insane. And I think, you know, showing the other sides of it, like reception is a hard job. And with everything that's going on right now, you guys are getting it worse than anybody else at this point. So, I mean, being able to share and just be like, you know what, like, you guys are kicking ass and you deserve like the respect and you deserve to be, I mean, what you're doing is, is tough. So kudos to you guys. Cause you're going through it right now. You're doing amazing stuff, keeping it together. We'll be right back with more vet candy. Vet Candy IRL is an exciting podcast from the hearts, minds, and mouths of Shannon Gregoire, Tatiana Rogers, and Lexi Rodriguez. The show celebrates inspirational role models and focuses on empowerment and equality. Check it out on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and more. Oh, thank you. Sometimes, sometimes it don't feel like we're doing it, but I guess I guess we're making it work, you know, as best we can. So now you're the office manager. You're like the boss. So now you're over everybody. How's that? I mean, there's definitely times that I have to put on like my boss hat um, and, and deal with things. But for the most part, like my whole thing is that I just want to see people succeed. Um, I enjoy working with them. I enjoy laughing with them. Um, that med's full of inappropriate humor. And the tech in me will not let go of dropping F-bombs. Like, that's really hard to break. So it's just one of those things. I enjoy the people. I enjoy working with them and knowing them. And yes, that means I have to do some boss stuff. But 
they are very understanding of the fact that, you know what, I'm here to like support you and be there for you, but also my job's to run the business. And sometimes that means making decisions like maybe you're not a fan of, but like, honestly, all that really is in the best interest of, you know, the practice in the business and our care. So, um, yeah, honestly, there have been ups and downs, but I really love it. It's great. That sounds awesome. And congratulations. I know it's been four years ago now, but congratulations. That's awesome. So what inspired you to start the group? You just saw the need for a place to to vent, like a comfortable, like a safe, a safe place. Yeah. I mean, for me, like I said, it was really, um, I felt really alone a lot of my career. And like I said, when you're kind of walled off in your own clinic, you don't really know how everyone else is handling it. And we're really hard on ourselves. You know, I just decided I was going to try this Facebook group and I had like a handful of my friends that I'd worked with um, at previous practices and had them join and did a lot of talking to myself kind of in the beginning. But it was really, really neat to see that people really enjoyed it and wanted to have a safe space in vet med and it just grew and uh, as it grew you know there's been changes i really like a place where people can kind of get out their frustrations but also like share you know the pictures of things that they've done uh the things that they've accomplished what they're learning that's just the best part for me it's so positive. I love one, one time someone posted their first IV catheter and they're like, I'm so proud of myself. And I know it's not a big deal, but I'm so proud. And everybody, it was just walls of just encouragement. And that's so great. Oh, I remember my first catheter and it's so great. Yeah, it's super exciting to share that stuff because it's a tough field. We need the positivity. So we do. We do. And some, and here lately, it feels like our clients aren't really giving us that. They're not nice. Yeah, it's been a challenge for sure. I think that there's definitely with COVID, there's been mounting stressors that have kind of already pointed out some of the tougher areas in vet med. I will say I love as being the practice manager my owners have always really respected uh, my ability to say, hey, if you're an abusive client, like, no, we're not doing this. Um, if you are treating my receptionist poorly or anyone on my team, like, I'm like, okay, like, it, it, you, maybe there's a better place that works, you know, is going to work well for you. But uh, this is not it. If you can't show us the respect we deserve, so... Absolutely. And I, I try to remind myself, you know, for us, it's, oh, it's a parvo puppy or, oh, it's this. It's But for them, you know, maybe this is the worst day of their life. We don't know, you know, yeah. trying to show that kindness, that extra step. But it does get to a point where it's like, it's, this is not okay. It's not okay to talk to me like that. Yeah. And I think coming at it from like, we're all here trying to help your pet, you know, and sometimes when you have a frustrated client, they do want to be heard. And, you know, our job is to break down those walls and build that trust. But if we've attempted that and like they aren't a willing participant in build, building that relationship and having those boundaries of, okay, we're going to all be respectful here. Like you, you can put as much as you want into something, but if they don't want to be a part of that, like there's no need to, to force that relationship. 
do you see more <laughs> angry people now as a manager than you did as a tech or is it the same, less? I would say, honestly, I feel like I dealt with more angry people as a tech. And um, honestly, like as a tech, I was like, this is awesome. Like I thought it was actually really fun to kind of like deal with people who maybe were a bit more difficult personalities, see if you can make it work. Definitely I deal with some now, but my receptionists are rock stars and they're really good at diffusing situations. So by the time it gets to me, like it's usually something that that all a lot of avenues have been tried. This person's not hearing it. And then, um, you know, I can come in and talk to them. And, you know, a lot of times clients are angry. They just want to be heard. But there's definitely always, you know, some that are just this isn't the place for them. And that's OK, too. But, yeah, I feel like as a tech, I saw more. Um, but the clinic that I'm at now, we've always had really big boundaries as well. Um, like we're just not going to deal with that. The client is not always right um, when it comes down to certain things. So yes, we do our best to be there for them. But like I said, they got to be willing participants. And we've got amazing receptionists that fueled a lot of, um, you know, just different frustrations and, and they're really, really good at it. <laughs> Oh, yay. Shout out to all the desk quenches. Y'all are great. Yes, it's a, it's amazing what you guys do and the patience that you guys have, you know, in tough situations. Yeah. And you have to do it like on the fly, like as a practice manager, you know, I can hear the story about the client who's frustrated about this, that and this before I have to jump into that situation. Whereas like you guys are in it in real time, like those words are coming at you. So, I mean, rock stars, you guys are rock stars. <laughs> Oh, thank you. And yeah, that's that's true. I didn't think about that. You you kind of get a heads up of what's going on. So that does, I'm sure that helps you kind of prepare for what's going to happen. Yeah, it definitely can be a plus, but also like I'm notorious for like emotionally working myself up like this is going to be the worst interaction ever. And usually it's not. There's definitely the benefit to being able to think about how you want to approach the situation, but there's also stressing out about it. Like it's going to be awful and just, you know, working yourself up over something that's really not going to be bad. Yes, exactly. You work yourself up and then the anxiety is worse than the actual situation. So I don't love that there's mental illness, but I love how we're able to talk about it, especially in the group, I've over the years kind of become more open about my own anxiety, depression, and there's still, which in the demographic doesn't help. I'm in the South, so it's kind of a, you know, suck it up, you're fine. You know, I had it way worse than you, and but it, it is becoming more accepted. So sometimes I read posts and I'm like, did I write this? <laughs> what What is this? It, you're going through this too? And I even have a coworker who's gotten to wear... She'll ask me, how's your mental health today? And I'm kind of like, are you making fun of me? Or are you genuinely reaching out to me? And I'm still not sure. It's so wonderful to have that place to go and vent. And, and you see both sides. You know, I've, I've even posted before, you know, am I, am I overthinking this? Is this a thing? Is this a thing to be concerned about? Is this just my anxiety? And you get honest opinions, too. 
you know, like, well, maybe you shouldn't have done this or, you know, I can see why that, you know, it's, it's good. It's, it's constructive criticism. Definitely. And I think, you know, mental illness is, is a struggle definitely, you know, in the world in general, especially with everything that's going on right now. But being that most of us got into vet med because we're empaths and we care so deeply about animals and wanting to help people, we have this layer of mental illness that maybe was before we got into the field. And sometimes, you know, depending on what kind of situation you're in, it can aggravate it or create those issues. So really being able to, I mean, you got to break the stigma on it. We're getting there with like not one more vet, not one more vet support staff. That's definitely helping. But the biggest thing is really being able to start to talk about it in our clinics, you know, and admit that we're going to have crappy days and we're going to have good days and having the grace to um, accept that your coworker may be stressed out or anxious and, and what can you do to help them, you know? We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. As a veterinarian, it's important to perfect your clinical skills. That's why Vet Candy created a master course in toxicology. The master course is taught by a board-certified criticalist and delivers a thorough evaluation of the science and clinical practice skills needed to master toxicology, from decontamination to treatment. And when you complete the course, you receive exclusive tools to celebrate, recognize, and share your accomplishment. And what's even more exciting, the course is free and provides race and New York State approved continuing education credits. This program is brought to you by Vitoquinol. Start learning today at myvetcandy.com forward slash talks. Start learning today at myvetcandy.com forward slash TOX. So what, what kind of advice would you give for vet clinics with, because we're all busy, we're all running around like crazy. What are some ways we can approach one another and, and either ask for help or offer help? Definitely. So I think the biggest thing is remembering to give each other grace and realizing that, you know, it happens to all of us. I think for me, when you see somebody stressed or who may be dealing with something is really just how are you doing? Like, do you need help with anything? Um, And just letting them talk. We're notorious in vet med and just for being like, oh, it's fine. And the thing is, is that we have to keep going back every day and being like, no, are you doing okay? Like, what can I do to help you? The hardest thing is learning to ask for help. And I think that it's definitely a challenge. I think that being very real, as a manager, there are going to be days that I'm going to struggle and I'm not perfect and being very open about that and just letting people know over and over again, you know, if you're struggling with, you know, mental illness stuff or stressors or whatever, reach out, keep reaching out um, because that makes a difference and keep asking people what you can do um, and how you can help. And the more you do it, it just becomes a part of your culture. Oh, I like that. And then if you're doing that, maybe your coworkers will kind of start doing it too. 
Definitely, definitely. And I think it's just one of those things that people are afraid to share because they think that people just want to hear the general happy, socially acceptable answer. It's not something that you're going to get, you know, break down those walls with the first question. Um, So it's just keep going back to it. Sure. And depending on where you're from, and I mean, you know, everywhere, you know, some places it's still frowned upon. It's kind of like, you don't, don't, don't talk about that. That's weird. You know, it's, that's not normal. You should be happy. You have, you know, a great job. You get to play with puppies and kittens all day because that's, that's all we do. I don't know if y'all knew that that's all vet staff does is play with puppies and kittens all day. Yeah, that's all we do. Um, you know, I never realized I'd just be overseeing playing with puppies and kittens. I'm so glad that's on my resume. It's going to be really helpful. It's one of those things that, uh, We've got to let go of that. Like that med has been like man up, um, you know, suck it up for a really long time. And that's one of the reasons we're losing people. Like you don't have to man up. And if your place of employment isn't receptive, please explore your options. I would rather you work in another clinic or another field that's supportive of you than to be in a place that can't deal with that. Exactly. And that's another thing I really like about Veterinary Support Staff Unleashed is you can post anonymously. I've done that before. I've been like, oh, I have people that I work with in this group. You know, maybe I don't know that I want them to know this about me. And Yeah, it's definitely, I'm really loving that Facebook, for a long time, to post anonymously, people would reach out to us, which All of us, as much as we want to help, we're working full-time jobs, have our lives as well. So it's really, it was really tough for a long time to manage that. But now there's that anonymous post option and it's phenomenal. And, you know, it, it allows us to be able to let people express themselves. And also if it's something that maybe has a little bit too much information that's identifiable, we can be like, you might want to like just tweak that a little bit so that it's not, you know, so obvious that it's you if you have coworkers here. So it gives people a voice. Sure. Yes, exactly. Exactly. We're the voice for the animals, but we have to be a voice for ourselves too. And that's hard. That was deep. Listen to me. Look at me being all philosophical. It's because I worked already today. You're getting like motivational quotes like nobody else right now. You should write that down. I know. It's because I survived a Saturday with one doctor and we were so busy. We were double, triple booked at some points. It was crazy. It was one of those days because we closed at noon. So I'm like, we'll be lucky if we get ahead of here at one. But we got out. We survived. That's the thing. Every day ends at some point. Like, no matter how crazy your day is, like, at some point, you're going to get to go home. And, you know, just just keep focusing on doing the best you can until the job's done and go home. That's what it's all about. My favorite feeling is rolling over that phone because, you know, the phone doesn't stop. So rolling over the telephone is my favorite part of the day. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm sure it's like this where you are too, but it's it's hard to help the person in front of you because you're on the phone constantly, constantly putting people on hold and there's a line of people and it's just like, okay, you know, who, who, who do I help first? So. Exactly. It's a lot of, I mean, 
prioritizing and the phones are, are a constant now. Um, so it's definitely a struggle and it's just juggling so much. But I mean, you guys are, are doing it. So yes, I can imagine that flipping over the phones would be like, oh. it's like it's not going to ring again. I'm telling you, I dream sometimes about that phone. It's like, ah. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like hearing the phone ring in your dreams. IV pumps are another one for me. I still hear the sound of IV pumps. Yes. So, yeah, definitely overstimulation sometimes. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. It. And then when the phone's ringing, there's someone in front of you, your coworkers talking to somebody and the doctor's behind you and then the radio's on and it's just this whole thing. So, it's so funny. Earlier we were talking about, uh, you, you said that you still say use the F-bomb a lot, even as an office man. I, one of my friend's moms listens to the show, and she says, I would recommend it to other people, but yeah, you, you cuss a lot. And I'm like, but I can't cuss for like 12 hours a day. You got to vent somewhere. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And your ability to do that, like, oh my gosh, like the one perfectly executed F-bomb relieves so much stress. Gosh, yes. Yes, for me, it's shit. A good shit. Like, it just, it's just such a sharp like, shit. It feels so good. Hey, listeners, what's your favorite cuss word? You should comment it. I want to know. <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> I want to hear your favorite cuss word. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you handle it? when an angry client or even a disgruntled employee comes to you? Like, how do you, how do you word it? How do you assess the situation? I mean, the first thing you want to kind of know is like, okay, so what's going on? Like, what is your perception of what's going on? And then for clients, I mean, definitely they want to be heard. I think that emphasizing that we care, that we can relate to their frustrations um, is really important, but also going at it of an angle of, you know, having those boundaries. And, and I understand that, you know, we're all struggling, but making sure people have estimates, they know what financially they're looking at and just being able to listen and also kind of do the best you can. I mean, honestly, for me, I don't have a script. I really try and just be me and try and care about what they're saying, but also like set that boundary that, okay, I understand you're mad, but I'm not discounting your services. We provided those services, you know, I understand that you're frustrated, but we can go about this a different way. Yes, we care about your pet. Maybe we can't do all the things right now, but what can we do? That type of thing. With employees, definitely. I love that all my employees are able to come to me and trust me. I will say if an employee is disgruntled, I haven't had a ton of that, honestly. Like, I feel like if there's frustrations, um, we talk about them, we find a better way to handle it. And if they're frustrated about a situation, what can we do to fix that? Like, what's the solution there? What does that look like? And oftentimes, I mean, it is just one of those things that we're just frustrated in general right now in Batman. <laughs> and it's been a, a rough, um, you know, couple years here. And just letting people want to be heard. They just want to get it off their chest. That's true. 
That's very true. And sometimes just listening to them is is enough. Sometimes, not always, but sometimes. Not always. Um, sometimes just listening is enough, but just being genuine. I don't have a way to distinctly handle every situation because each situation is different. Right. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hey, this is Dr. Julio Alonso, and I'm here to tell you about my new show on Pet Candy TV. You can learn all about how to take the best care of your pets. Stream at My Pet Candy 24-7 on YouTube, iTunes, and most other video platforms. What is the craziest call you've ever gotten? Or have you answered the phones too? I'm sure, because I know kind of everybody does at our clinic. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm trying to think. I know that there's been plenty I've had. I can't think of of one right now, though. Yeah. Oh, there's so many, I'm sure. My most recent one, I had this little guy call and he's so, they're so nice. You know, they're like these really great clients. He calls and say, hey, you know, this is so-and-so. I'm so-and-so's dad. I'm like, oh, hey, yeah, what can I do for you? And he says, so when I got my dog, you know, he he didn't have his his balls because, you know, they like don't want to say <laughs> genital words. And I'm like, okay. He says, he, uh, so he didn't have his balls. And so he's recently discovered his little, uh, his, his little bird and he won't, he won't stop licking it. And I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, he, he keeps licking it. He won't stop. Why is he doing that? <laughs> I'm like, uh, I mean, <laughs> I think probably one of my favorite calls because it is so awkward and always includes hand motions is the paraphimosis. So for those of you who don't know what paraphimosis is, it is when a dog, a male dog, becomes so stimulated that his his penis um, may become stuck out. And so... A lot of times people are freaked out and you really have to describe to them how to remove their dog from the situation. And sometimes manually you have to adjust things. So it's just a very, very interesting and hilarious phone call. (laughs) Oh, gosh. That same little guy, they're so nice. He he didn't want to bring the dog in because he was saying, yo, it's it's all red because he's been licking at it. He won't he won't stop sucking on it. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's just such an awkward conversation. I know. And I'm thinking, well, shoot, if you could reach, wouldn't you do? I'm like, no, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. But it was so funny. I had to, when I got off the phone, because he was like, you know, I don't know if it's so bad that needs antibiotics. I'm like, well, you can, can you email us a picture of it? You know, just let, just let us see. Because the way he's describing it, it sounds like it could be normal, but maybe not. You know how it is when they're describing something. So it's like, you know, here's the email. And I had to go tell the technician. I said, so-and-so is going to be sending doggy dick pics. So just be on the lookout for that. And they're like, what? I'm like, no, for real, doggy dick pics. Yes. No, that's very much a a thing. It's hilarious when you go through the clinic email and there's these pictures of just things that you're like, how did you take that photo? Like, I mean, you you got the lighting right and everything. (laughs) They set up the ring light and everything. You know, they go outside, get natural light. 
I love that. I love that. I don't love it for the little dog and the little guy. He was so embarrassed, but it was so funny. It was so funny. I had one guy, he called, he had a really thick accent. He's like, my balls are swollen. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? He's like, my dog balls are swollen. I'm sorry, his his balls? Is that <laughs> The doctor was behind me. And she was like, you don't say balls, you say testicles. I got fussed to like, we don't say, we say the medical term. You don't say, but I'm like, but I was just making sure I could understand what he was saying, but it was, it's funny now. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Totally. Yeah. Definitely some interesting conversations we have. Yes. Have you ever had the classic, my dog can't be a boy because it has nipples? Yes. Um, I, there's also the very frequent, like my dog has a lump and people don't realize their dogs have nipples. Definitely had many, many of those conversations for sure. So I have a fun little game called What Would You Do? Okay. So if you want, if you're up for it, we can do a few. Let's do it. All right, girl, let's do it. Okay. What would you do if you could get a ticket? to any show, event, whatever, past, present, future, what would you get a ticket to? Okay, so I am a huge fan of the band Tool. Um, I was the alternative girl in high school um, with some emo in there as well. I have had the privilege of seeing Tool play many, many times but I would 100% buy another ticket to one of their concerts. They're amazing musicians. The lights, the the imagery is just so badass. Love it. Um, and it's really every concert I've been to theirs is like a spiritual event. And that's like without any like mind altering drugs. Like it's just literally so intense. Um, and I absolutely love it. So I would buy tool tickets because, and now like concert ticket prices are getting insane. I'm like, what kind of job do you think I have? <laughs> I would have to go back in time and see David Bowie. You know, that's, that's David Bowie was so amazing and so phenomenal. And, um, you know, we were chatting a little bit about Labyrinth and I totally admit David Bowie was like one of my first man crushes. I was just like, oh my God, I love you so much. Now these pants, those silver pants were very, I didn't notice that so much as a kid, but now I'm like, oh my, that was obscene. Those pants <laughs> are doing the Lord's work, you know? <laughs> I remember watching that movie and being like, I don't know what that is, but I like it. <laughs> Yeah, no, the, just David Bowie was phenomenal. So absolutely would be worth seeing. Yes, but I think I would cheat and go back in time before he was super famous so that I could meet him. Now, granted, it would be, a, be it would be like little skinny David Bowie, but it was, you know, it was like, a, it's still, I could be like, I love you. You don't even know. It's creepy how much I love you, David Bowie. He's pretty amazing. My um, boyfriend actually got me this really cool book. It's like, Where's Waldo? But it's like, Where's David Bowie? And so you have to find him in all the pictures. It's so cute. I love it. Oh, I love it. I had this little, 
and it, we're, we're getting on topic, but it's okay because it's important to us as people. I had this little autographed picture of him when he was, it was like a 1969. He had like the big curly hair and he had on these sunglasses and this vest and it was very 60s or 70s and it was so great. I had a shrine. It was, it was creepy. Uh, he's an amazing person. He was an amazing person and influenced so much. So much. So, so much. And he'd probably be nice if he had a pet that he took to the vet, too, I'd imagine. I think so. I think he was just one of those genuinely, like, amazingly talented and thoughtful and kind people. Oh, I miss him and I didn't even know him, you know. What weird thing would you make socially acceptable if you could? I'm pretty awkward. I feel like a lot of things are are not socially acceptable, but like I'm a big fan of finger guns and just really awkward conversation, just randomly screaming. I feel like I should be able to just randomly scream after a really long day. That would be really, really like therapeutic. It would. That's a good one. Yeah, just randomly scream. Mm-hmm. I think I would have to say that's what she said jokes because in certain... Are you telling me that's not socially acceptable? I guess depending on the circle you're in (laughs) because the other day there was somebody up front and they were talking about something, like a client and a tech were talking about something and there were so many that's what she said jokes. And I started to say that's what and then I was like, that's what I'm going to get for lunch today. Because... No, that's what she said is super popular at our clinic. Um, We're big fans of it. And I remember I found it on Amazon, I think it was. And there's even like a button that literally you like slap and it's like, that's what she said. And it's freaking awesome. (laughs) And I bought it and I stuck it in treatment. So that's like super fun. So to me, that's what she said is always socially acceptable. And it should be everywhere. This is this is a movement that we are on. <laughs> yes, yes. No, it's like, have fun, be silly. Like, we need more of that in life. <laughs> yes, for real. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. This is Dr. Jessica Turner, and I want to tell you about my new show, Living Well with Dr. Jessica. We talk about life, love, and living your healthiest life. Check it out on Vet Candy Radio or a podcast platform of your choice. If money was not a concern, where would you like to live? I had the really cool opportunity to visit Greenville, South Carolina. And I loved it. I thought it was so cool. Um, And I know that it's like, I just really liked in the Pacific Northwest, people are kind of like, they're not happy. It rains here all the time. It's kind of, you know, we all have seasonal depression. Like, it's just kind of blah. When I went to the South, everything was so colorful and people told you stories and they talked about, you know, things just so differently than where I'm at. And it was such a beautiful area that I really, really loved it there. I really would love to go there. South Carolina is pretty. 
Now, I do have to say that for most of the people, not all, but most of the people in the South are pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. I feel like everyone was so nice. And like, it was just one of those things. Maybe it's that Southern, like, and I know there's a Southern backhanded nice as well. I'm aware of that. But like, I feel like, (laughs) don't take it that far. But I feel like everyone generally was just really, really nice, no matter who you met. And it was just just kind of a fun area. I, I really enjoyed it a lot. I know the few times, and I've never been out of the South, but the few times I've been to like a big, big city like New Orleans or whatever, mm-hmm. people are just, they're not, I wouldn't say unkind, but they're just kind of, you know, what do you want? Get it, leave. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of do it and go. It is kind of a, maybe it's just a regional thing. You're talking about the colors. I live in South Mississippi slash Louisiana. We're right on the border but we don't really get the color changes. We just go from green to brown. Like it's green and pretty and then it's brown and dead. No, I totally get that. I totally get that. It's just, it's just so interesting to see the different dynamics of personalities and environments. Cause like, I remember like being on the plane and coming home and seeing the people in Washington. And we were just like, so just like, blah. And it was just one of those things. I'm like, it's okay. We can smile, guys. I mean, I know we don't have a ton of serotonin right now, but uh, but let's give it a go. (laughs) (laughs) Give it the old college try. (laughs) So you're also a writer. Tell me about writing for Andy Rourke. He's a big deal. Oh, my gosh. Andy and the whole Dr. Andy Rourke crew, and he does Uncharted as well. They are amazing. They really get that med, and they get making it about positivity and finding the positive aspects of it. I love it. I ended up writing for him, connected through Danielle from Snout Squad, and I mean, it just turned into a fluke and I gave it a go and it was super fun. Um, My first articles, it's weird when you're a writer, you look back and I think it's just like, this is life. You look back on your earlier stuff and you're like, oh my God. Oh yeah. I cringe when I see old artwork. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's so basic. And what was I even trying to say? The thing that I love about Andy is he always wants to some and encourage people and help them grow. That's what I believe that med's about. I remember when I first started writing for him, he sent me Stephen King on writing the book, the actual book. And I remember reading it and I was just like, that is so cool. Like he was so invested in me growing as a writer. And that was just so awesome. So I've you know, written for them. I've kind of backed off a little bit with COVID. It's hard to get your brain there. That was a big deal because hearing what Stephen King, who is the king, has to say about writing and to have somebody invest in me, that was so awesome. Um, And then I've done, you know, a couple, you know, journals. I've done, you know, various publications. And then occasionally I do some horror writing. That's polar opposites, uh, but it's definitely... It's something I've always loved to do. I've always loved to read and write. Um, So it's just been really exciting because people can connect with you and they don't even know you. They don't even know your face. They just know your words. And like that is such a magical thing. 
So we were we were talking before too, but after we talked about David Bowie, because of course you know the first first. But uh, <laughs> you love horror movies and you write horror stories and you have all these really cool horror fun- Funko Pops. What? So so Halloween's over, um, and I'm still grieving. Are you still grieving as well? Yes, yes. I am a believer that um, it is spooky season all year long. I will always have an affinity for black lipstick, uh, things that are dark and disturbing or creepy. I think it just gives you that little zing um, that makes you feel alive, you know? (laughs) Yes. And I love Stephen King, too. Cujo is one of my first Stephen King books. And that was the first movie where I ever wanted the dog to die because you're just like, oh, my gosh, like, this is horrible. Kill this dog, please. But the book is so terrifying. And he could really creep into your brain and make it so it was more mentally disturbing. It didn't have to be. I do enjoy, like, gore and like all that stuff but like it didn't have to be super gory it was just more mentally unnerving and that is like fascinating and when you're talking about a rabid dog there's nothing more primal and terrifying you know than being in the situation that you know was going on with Cujo he has a way to just kind of mess with your head and make you think about situations that are somewhat maybe normal, but also horrifying. Because <laughs> I remember you you watch the movie and then you read the book. The book is always better, but there is so much backstory, so many little side plots that all tie into it. And, you know, really you think about it and sure it was about a rabid dog, but it was also about like the demon that lived in the kid's closet and the failing marriage and them being stuck in this car and then the lady leaving her husband. It was like, whoa. Well, it's one of those things that, you know, I really like that he's able to bring out that sometimes life is terrifying. Like you have all those dynamics. It's very much like uh, life can be scary, but how do we overcome that? How do we overcome our demons? How do we, you know, it, it really is about just kind of surviving those experiences and so he has always been somebody that I just think has an amazing way with words and creating imagery that is relatable and really gets us lost in that and it's just such a gift he's an amazing man he is and he has a corgi I know right oh it's so fabulous I love his little dog and he's just he's fabulous I would love to meet Stephen King one day Mm-hmm. It'd be amazing. It really, I don't, I don't know. I, I wouldn't know what to say. I think that I would just be like, you're Stephen King. And he'd be like, yeah. I'm like, you're Stephen King. I will say, if you like Stephen King, have you read any of his son's work? I have not. Oh my gosh. So his name, his writer, uh, his author name is Joe Hill. He also writes horror. He did not want to be tied, you know, Stephen King's son but he writes really really awesome horror that is reminiscent of like 
he's really good at creating imagery and um, just he's a great author. And I think it's really cool that he was like, you know what? I don't want to ride on my dad's coattails. Like, I want to be a good horror author in my own right. And he's really done a great job with it. I didn't know that. I knew he had a son, but I didn't know he was a writer. So that that makes sense. That's that's excellent. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. It's super cool. So, yeah. I think my lazy ass would be like, yo, I'm Stephen King's son. Give me money. Right, right. Like, I mean, he could have chosen that option. And I think it's so cool. I love the spark in somebody that's like, no, I'm going to do it on my own. Like, I love that. Yes. Do their own thing. And we should and we should all be encouraged to do our own things. What advice do you have for anybody aspiring either to get into vet med in general or to to go back and get their LVT or to become an office manager? What what is your advice to anybody trying to get into the field or better themselves within the field? Take the leap and never stop learning. That is the biggest thing for me um, is just growth comes from being uncomfortable, from, um, you know, pushing yourself to get that education and to always keep learning. That's the biggest thing in this field. Um, I hate the words. This is how it's always been. This is how we've always done it. And medicine is constantly evolving and changing as human beings, we should always be evolving and changing and learning and growing because that's what makes life fun. It's true. And some of it is so intimidating. And I've been in the field over 10 years and I still learn something new every day. There are no two situations that will ever be the same. You know, you'll have guidelines, you'll have, this is our policy, but there's always the exception to the rule. And that's why it's so hard to train people sometimes. Definitely, definitely. It's it's one of those things where vet med, it's not black and white. There's like shades of grays in there and no case is going to be the same and, and everything's always changing. And that's what's super awesome about the field, you know? <laughs> We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Put the needle on the record. Vet Candy Life is a talk show hosted by well-being gurus, Dr. Quincy Hawley and Renee Michelle. Each episode features expert tips, lifestyle advice, and real-life experiences from the most interesting people in the world. Check it out on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. This has been really good. I have enjoyed talking to you, and I've been a member of the group. And when you reached out to me, I'm like, I know that name. Why do I know that name? I don't think I know her. And I'm like, I do, kind of. So Yeah, I know. Absolutely. It's so exciting because I was I had followed your TikTok, Death Wench. And I was like, this is freaking awesome. I was like, this is hilarious. And this is well done content. And I was like, this is awesome. And so then when we started talking, and I was like, and you're a BSSU. What? That's insane. And I'm just, it's so great that you're putting out the content that you're doing, that you're doing this podcast, that you are representing the desk wenches because yes, like do that. Like you're doing awesome things. I love it. Thank you so much. And thank you for 
everything you do, not only at your your clinic, but for the group and for giving us that space to vent, to be safe, to talk. It's it's so important. And I know I have benefited greatly from the group and several other people have as well. So thank you so much for being you because you're awesome. Oh, thank you. You are so awesome. And I cannot wait to read your book. So if our listeners want to get in touch with you um, on the socials, what are your handles? And we can link them in the description, the, you know, the notes as well. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the easiest way, find me on Facebook, Jade Velasquez. You can find me in VSSU on TikTok. I do silly. Sometimes it's vet med related. Sometimes it's not. I'm pretty honest and open and transparent on there. You can find me on TikTok. Purple Rising um, is my name. And so, yeah, just, you know, Wherever I am, don't do a lot of Instagram, but just reach out. I always love talking to people. I always like hearing their stories and and their journey. So, Well, thank you so much again. And listeners, y'all definitely need to go check her out and check out her story. We'll put a link to the, to the Kindle note, you know, the Kindle book in the show notes. So go check that out. Awesome. All right. It was wonderful chatting with you. Keep being awesome, okay? Thank you. You too. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a good rest of your weekend. You too. Thank you. Well, this has been a fantastic show. Thank you so much for joining me and thanks for listening. I love sharing these stories with you. If you enjoyed the show, please hit that subscribe button. You can always find me on Vet Candy and TikTok at DeskWinch. Send me your crazy stories to thedeskwinch at gmail. And until next time, make it a great day. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. It's Vet Candy Radio.